You're listening to the Living Word Church podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. Today we're wrapping up our series called The People in My Life, and we're talking about the people in our lives and and how important it is to surround ourselves with the right people and to be the people in other people's lives that are a blessing. I've got some funny friends. I've got some funny people in my life. My buddy John one day showed up with a tattoo like of Chinese characters, and you know, you'll often see people in the military do this. He's a police officer, and he's got some uh, people in in, in his family that are in the FBI and other police officers and stuff, and so you're like, okay, what did he get? You know, you'll see like honor or courage. And so I said, John, what does that mean? He said, chicken with broccoli. <laughs> like no joke, got chicken with broccoli tattooed on his arm. He goes into a restaurant, doesn't even have to talk, just points at his arm and they know what to get him, right? Another friend, Steve Lee, I bring him up uh, pretty often. And when, uh, gosh, I was probably in my teens, he and my dad would go golfing all the time together. And Steve one day had hit his ball and my dad was kind of behind him. He was going to hit his ball. And so Steve walked off to find his ball wherever it went and my dad went ahead and took his shot and as he's seeing the ball flying in the air he's thinking that's very close to where Steve is and it's getting closer and closer and closer it, it hits Steve in the side of the head he turns and looks at my dad and falls to the ground by the time my dad got to him Steve's hysterically laughing about this and the next time they went golfing Steve hit his ball and my dad was about to hit his ball and and so Steve goes wait wait hold on Pete hold on Pete and he goes and grabs a Tonka toy construction hat one it looks kind of like this and put it on okay Pete go ahead man and so man the people in our life are so important and we saw in week one that we've got to proclaim God's greatness to the next generation that we've got to be thinking about the people in our life that are younger younger in their faith younger in their age and make sure that they're knowing who God is and what we've experienced and and even being real about some of the disappointments in our life or some of the struggles in our life so that they know how to navigate some of those same things. We also then talked last week about friendship. We talked about how friendships are hard. Good friendships are hard. Godly friendships are hard, but they are one of the best and most beautiful gifts that God has given us. And so we talked about refusing to let difficulties come between us. We talked about how we have to put ourselves out there. We've got to be a friend and have a friend. Uh, Take advantage of all the opportunities here at church that we give for you to connect and try to get to know people and get involved in one another's lives. You know, we got tables set up out there in the lobby. Like, don't just take off right after service. Grab some food, you know, push through some of the awkwardness, get to know some names and faces. And then we're meant to do this together. And so today I really want to talk with you guys about the importance of the people that we surround ourselves with and also the impact we can have on others as we're in these friendships and relationships. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the toxic relationships that sometimes come into our lives. What do we do with that? And how do we still make an impact on the world but not be impacted in those ways by the world? And so, man, there's some stuff to kind of navigate here today. But, man, it's so important that we surround ourselves with the right people. Somebody once said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And this was spoken by an unknown author, which I actually think is kind of funny, because if he had any friends, they would have written down who said it, right? But this unknown author says, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And I just think that's so true. That circle of friends, that circle of influence is so vital and important, who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're allowing to speak into your life. Somebody else said it this way. They said, you are who you hang out with. You are who you hang out with. And as Christians... We're in this tension, because I think that is true and it isn't true, that statement. It is true when we're allowing people just to keep on influencing us, but at the same time, 
We're called to hang out with people who don't believe like us or think like us, and so we're to have an impact on them. So we're going to talk through some of that tension here today. How do we hang out with people who have very different values and beliefs and make an impact on them, but also how do we really guard that inner circle, those people that most influence us? So who's shaping you, and who are you shaping? Think about that. Who's shaping you, and who are you shaping? Who's in your life that God's using, and who are you in their life God's using in you in, in their life? Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus here today, and you're like, well, I don't know, man. We're talking about friendship and church and relationships and who you're with and who you're not with and all this. And, and I just pray today you, you see that God cares about this kind of stuff, but I really also want you to see the friend that Jesus is, the friend that Jesus wants to be to you. We're going to talk about that very clearly here today. Some of you guys maybe would say, man, I've really had a relationship keeping me very far from Jesus. I, I spend time with so-and-so, and it just like drags my faith down. It sucks the life out of my relationship with Jesus. I get you know, pulled in places I know I shouldn't be, and so how do we navigate that and yet still love people and point them to Jesus? So we're going to look at a few different verses today, and Solomon wrote most of the verses we're going to look at. He was the son of David, one of the kings of Israel, a very wise man. He had a lot to say about friendship and, and the circle of influence that you have in your life and, and the influence you can have on others for, G, for Jesus or for him. You know, this is pre-Jesus for Solomon, but, but for God and, and just in a godly way. And so I hope this is just practical and helpful today. I hope we all get out of here saying, okay, I know how to surround myself with people that are going to help me get closer to Jesus because that's it. That is absolutely it. You know, money and success and health and all those other things are subcategories, right? Knowing Jesus and being close to him is the bullseye. And so I want to be doing life with people who are on that same path. And I also want to be doing life with people who aren't on that path. But maybe God can use me to help them get on that path. And once in a while, I have to figure out how to navigate a toxic relationship that's pulling my faith down. So let's jump into this, okay? Solomon, before we kind of get into categories of good friends, bad friends, he kind of compares and contrasts the two. In Proverbs 18, 24, he says this, One who has an unreliable friend soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so Solomon really puts our friends into two groups. We've got unreliable friends and those who stick closer than a brother. So let me ask you a question. What kind of friends do you have in your life? Unreliable ones or ones who stick closer than a brother or a sister? Excuse me, what kind of friend are you? Are you an unreliable friend or the one that sticks closer than a brother? Something I have to tell you today about this verse is Jesus is the friend, the ultimate friend who sticks closer than a brother. Like Jesus is the one that never lets us down, that never fails us. Jesus is the one that is always rooting us on, cheering us on, praying us on, uh, standing with us. And so I just want to make sure, first and foremost, as we talk about relationships here today, that we all have our eyes on Jesus first. Because everybody else is going to disappoint us, right? Everyone else is going to fail us. I think marriages and friendships and relationships and dating relationships and all that can be greatly strengthened when the people in those relationships, first and foremost, have their eyes on Jesus to be everything and not each other to be everything. My mom told me a story about when her and my dad first got married, and they ended up having a great marriage, but she talked about a struggle that they had in their marriage. When they first got married, my mom admitted, I was looking to your dad to be the one that basically was the fulfillment of my life. Like, this tall, dark, good-looking guy comes into her life, sweeps her off her feet, and now he's going to be my everything. 
And she said, it was only when I realized Jesus can only be that everything. He's the only one that is going to fulfill me and satisfy me and carry me. Then their marriage really thrived. And some of us, we've, we were leaning on a friendship and we're thinking that person is everything. And that's called a toxic relationship. We're in a dating relationship or even in a marriage where we're thinking that my microphone's supposed to stay on my ear, right? Uh, where we're thinking that that person is going to be just everything to us. Man, my spouse is going to let me down. And I'm going to let my spouse down. My kids are going to let me down. And I'm going to let them down. My friends are going to let me down. And I'm going to let them down. But when my eyes are first and foremost on Jesus and I'm growing in that relationship, those other relationships can really thrive. And so where are your eyes right now? First and foremost, are they on Jesus? So ask you a question here, okay? So do you want the good news first or the bad news first? All right. Some of you guys said good news. Well, I'm doing the message, so I'm choosing bad news. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 15. This is the one verse we're going to look at that Solomon didn't write. This is Paul. And he says this. We're going to look at just some bad qualities. I want us to recognize these in maybe our friends, not to like point them out and say bad things about them, but to, to, rest, to recognize, are these people that should be in my inner circle? Oh, I'll keep loving them. I'll keep uh, walking with them in life in certain ways, but am I going to allow them to influence me? And I also want to ask ourselves these questions. Are any of these qualities true of us? Because, man, God's called us to be different types of friends. We're, we're to be godly friends. And so 1 Corinthians 15, says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Well, why does he say that? Well, because Paul had just spent a bunch of time telling the Corinthians, Jesus came for you. He died for you. If you don't know that here today, Please know that. If you're watching online, you don't know that. Jesus died for you. He loves you. And then Paul goes on to say that Jesus has all authority. He talks about his incredible control over all things and will be for all eternity. And then he says, all right, he died for you. He's in control. He's all powerful. But for some reason, he says to the Corinthians, you guys are getting yourselves into some trouble. You guys are getting yourselves into some sin. And some of it has to do with the people you're allowing to influence you. And so he's reminding them, bad company corrupts good character. Everybody say, is anyone corrupting me? Everybody say, am I corrupting anybody? You see, I've, I've been on both sides of that in my lifetime. Absolutely. There have been times where people have corrupted me. There's been times where relationships have led me into impurity or gossip or sucked the faith out of my life. But there's also times I've been the catalyst for that for others. I think back to my college and high school years, and man, this was a problem for me. I was sometimes the person doing the corrupting. I was sometimes the person being corrupted. That bad character was corrupting. Good. And I just wonder about the dating relationships. You know, I like to talk with my kids and, and let them know, you know, the, the person you marry is the second most important decision you make in your life. First, of course, most of course, it's how much you spend on me around Christmas time. But, but no, the first, of course, is that relationship with Jesus, eyes on him. But the second most important decision you will make is who you marry. Are they the kind of person that's going to push you closer to Jesus? Are they the kind of person that will allow you to push them closer to Jesus? Eyes on him, right? That's going to be everything to that relationship. If you're not here today and you don't know Jesus I'm telling you, he doesn't just want to save you from your sin. He wants to impact the relationships, your, your, your own character, the character of those around you. Like God wants to do so many big and beautiful things in our lives. So here's a similar thought from Proverbs. Back to Solomon. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully. Everybody say carefully. 
We've got to be careful who's a part of that inner circle. Again, we can walk with people that believe the exact opposite as us. We can walk with people who hate Jesus as we're trying to love on them and show them who God is. But who am I going to let speak into my life? The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked lead them astray. So I'm going to love everybody, be kind to everybody, spend time with people that need Jesus, but I'm going to be really careful who is speaking into my life. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And hasn't that been all of us at some point or another? We walked with a fool and we suffered harm for it, or maybe we were the fool somebody else walked with and they suffered harm for it. Again, I've been on both sides of that coin in my lifetime. It's so important who we allow to speak into our lives. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict. Everybody say shalak. That's the Hebrew word here for stirs up. It means to spread or to send. The idea here is like someone sowing seed of conflict or shooting missiles of conflict. I think that we all know People like that in our lives, we have to be so careful, so guarded. We have to make sure that they're not blowing up our lives and our relationship with Jesus. Again, we got to do everything we can to protect that relationship with him. Proverbs 16, 28, a gossip separates close friends. Man, we got to guard our mouths and our ears because a gossip can come in and separate close friends. You know, what people say so powerfully influences other people. I was at the Mets game on Friday night. Of course they lost. <laughs> I go to the one game they lose again this weekend. And I'm sitting there, and behind me are three, like, eight-year-olds, okay? I never saw their parents. I don't know how they got there, the subway or what. I'm guessing the parents were a few rows back. But here are these three eight-year-olds, and they are hysterical. They're making me laugh throughout the game. They're all cheering, man. Something good happens. They're standing up, high-fiving other people all around them. But at one point, the ump made a really bad call on a pitch, which, of course, we can all tell so well from center field, right? Like, we have this great vision into what's happening a 1,000 feet away. But these kids are like, oh, man, that was a terrible call. And this one guy goes, this one little eight-year-old says, he's, he's as bad as a blind man. And then his friend goes, he's as bad as the town of Brookhaven. I was like, what just happened? I'm like, what? Now, I went home and told my wife what happened. She, and we both were joking, like, you know his parents hate the town of Brookhaven, right? His dad got fired, or they couldn't build it, put in a pool, or I don't know what it was, but the town of Brookhaven. Now, let me ask you a question. How does this eight-year-old know this, right? Like, how would that be the re- reply coming out of his mouth about an umpire? Because his parents probably say it all the time, right? And it's amazing how those little seeds, those little thoughts, man, they get in, don't they? And the same happens in our lives. People speak, and suddenly we're soured against somebody. People speak, and suddenly we're questioning our faith, and we just have to be so guarded and so careful. And gossip is so divisive. And I think sometimes we say, oh, yeah, but, but what I'm saying about that person is true. So what? That doesn't make it right to say. Oh, well, they are that way. Shut up. No, like you shouldn't be saying that. That's not okay to say. Like, I think sometimes we justify it with that. Man, we've got to be so careful how we guard the way that we speak and the way that we interact with people and the way that we even just listen in. Are we going to just sit and listen to somebody tear somebody else apart? This was on my heart a few weeks ago, and I just wrote this on the good old socials. Uh, Don't be the kind of person who makes people wonder what you're going to say about them when they leave the room. Be the kind of person that makes people know you'll shut down anybody who says something bad about them when they leave the room. 
Man, I tell you what, Living Word Church, we could accomplish a lot living those things out. So, who's influencing you? Is your character being corrupted? Are you corrupting somebody else's character? Are you sitting around listening to gossip or sharing gossip? Are you the kind of person that's pulling people into places they shouldn't be or the kind of person that's encouraging them in their faith? And again, listen, today, I'm not talking a whole bunch of works here, okay? Like, we're saved by grace. Jesus loves us. If you had a great week or you've failed horrifically, God is for you today and he loves you and he wants you near him. But we're called to live a different way, right? We're called to follow Jesus, and we're going to fall, but he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's going to pick us back up, right? But I want to be the kind of friend that's leading people closer to Jesus and not away. I'm going to be the kind of person that guards my mouth and guards my ears. I want to be the kind of person that is not pulled astray or pulled aside by culture or by a friendship or by a person. And I want to do life with people who believe very differently than me because God loves that person. Jesus loves that person. And so I'm in on that too. And I've got the greatest hope in all the world, and I've got to be sharing that. And so we're in this tension, but we've got to guard our inner circle so carefully. All right, so everybody, we're going to look at some positive examples now. So we looked at some you know, negative examples, but Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So I showed you some bad examples of friendship. Now let's talk about some positive ones. That there's a brother born for a time of adversity. There's a friend that loves at all times, not just good times, but at all times. And a little bit it says a brother is born for a time of adversity or a sister is born at a time for adversity, right? And I think as brothers are young, they often create the adversity with one another. But as they get older, isn't it true that so often you can see brothers like, oh no, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm here and you can lean on me. Um, and I think this goes beyond blood. This isn't just about brothers who are literally related, but this is about people who become brothers, people who become sisters, even just through friendship. We looked at David and Jonathan a few weeks ago. They were not related naturally, but they became brothers through love and through compassion and through kindness. And I love that they had each other's backs. There's an old Greek saying. It says, thy friend's misfortunes deem to be thine own. Like that kind of friend. That loves at all times. That is born for a time of adversity. What friend has you like that? And what friend do you have like that? We have to bring it back to Jesus, don't we? Matthew Henry says this about this verse that we just read. No friend except Christ deserves unlimited confidence. In him, this text or this verse did receive and still receives its most glorious fulfillment. Talk about somebody who was born for a time of adversity. All those things came to destroy his death and sin, and Jesus came to die and destroy those things. He conquered them all for you and me. Let's look on. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We quote this verse a lot at church. We're supposed to come to one another and sharpen one another, make each other better. Our faith is sharpened when we're around one another. Our love for Jesus sharpened when we're around one another. Um, what does this verse really mean? Well, my father-in-law, Pastor Ravone, loves to tell the story about when I first came to pick up Kelly, take her out on a date. He had been a butcher in the city before he was a pastor. And so I walk in, and what is he doing? But he's got his knives out, his huge machete butcher knives out and he's sharpening them and he's talking with me about when she's going to be home when she's going to be on time right and you're going to get a haircut bro well I got a haircut bro and so like you know and like just like those knives the scraping of those knives against one another 
sharpens them. That's to be you and I as we come together and as we do life together and as we talk and we carry one another and we're praying for one another. Our, our, our faith is supposed to grow. Our love for Jesus is supposed to grow. Even our character should be shaped and growing as we come together. Who in your life are you there to ask tough questions to in love? Who are, who are you there and, and who do you have that's just praying for you? You know every day they're praying for you in some way or another. It's so important. Get back to another thing that Paul wrote, and I love this. It's the last verse we're going to really dive into today. It's Galatians 6.2. And Paul says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I love that one of the ways that we fulfill God's dream and vision for us as his people, as his children, is that we carry one another's burdens, that we walk with one another, that when we see somebody that's carrying something too heavy, we come alongside. I have to say, in my experience here, I've seen so many of you do this so incredibly well. The way that you come along one another, the way that you provide for one another, the way that you're there for one another, it's just so beautiful. That's the heart of our, our grocery outreach that goes out weekly, just to carry the burdens of our community, to meet the needs and to love on people and, and to encourage people. And so we got Debbie and we got Angel and Rosie and we've got uh, Letitia and um, Sean out there week after week. And some of you guys join as you can. And some of you guys are bringing in all these foods and, and goods and giving online toward this. And like, what a beautiful thing that we're out in the community just carrying the burdens of this local area. And I'm so grateful for so many of you guys. And some of you guys here today might say, well, I haven't experienced that here at Living Word. And I would just say, man, keep putting yourself out there. You know, as I said last week, getting involved, whether that is, you know, just staying for five or ten minutes after service and learning some names, just walking up to somebody. Again, I'm, I'm at the Mets game Friday, and, you know, Francisco Lindor hits a ball, and everybody's turning around high-fiving strangers, you know? Like, we can't walk up to one another and just say, hey, what's your name? I'm Bob. Nice to meet you. Like, come on. Right? Got to be a friend to have a friend. Put yourself out there. And I think that as you do, we're going to continue to see like this carrying of one another's burdens. And, and not only are your burdens meant to be carried, but you're there to carry other people's. And suddenly you're showing up and you're walking with people. I'm telling you, there are people within this room, and those of you guys who are online, I would encourage you, if you can, come in person, do, because I think so much happens here. If you can't, keep rocking it. Some of you guys are different states or whatever, and that's great. We're so thankful you're here, and there's community even online for you. But wow, how important it is that we are just coming into this place on a Sunday saying, okay, God, I really need to like receive some stuff today. I need some encouragement. I need some hope. I need some conviction. I need some mercy or grace, but I'm going to be dispensing all those things too. I'm here to carry others' burdens. I love that Paul says this. So some of you guys are saying, okay, well, what about those toxic relationships? What about those toxic people in my life? Like, I want to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. I want to be the brother or sister born for a time of adversity. But, man, there's someone that has just really, really come in, in, into my life or been in my life and it's destroyed my life, or it's destroyed my relationship with Jesus. And, and so how do we navigate that? Well, I would ask, is there a scenario that you can spend time with that person without your relationship with Jesus being compromised, okay? So for some of you, this toxic person is just someone who like spews evil and hate, and, and maybe that's somebody to distance yourself from and pray for. And um, you know, it's a godly thing, even a biblical thing, for there to be times where you step back from a relationship. We see that example in the Bible. I think this should happen less often than we let it happen. 
Because I think sometimes we give up too soon or too easily on a relationship. God wants us to keep on going. Wants to, you know, sometimes when iron sharpens iron, it hurts, doesn't it? You know, one of the things that I think sanctifies us or makes us more like Jesus the most are the relationships here in this room, aren't they? And working through conflict and forgiving and, and figuring out how to make peace, okay? But there are times where we have to back away and say, I just, I can't be a healthy follower of Jesus in this relationship. Um, if you're drawn into like sin when you hang out with friends, gossip or impurity or partying or whatever it might be, like I think we have to be really wise and, and maybe there's a way you can hang out with that friend without being drawn in. Like maybe some of the problem is where you're hanging out along with who you're hanging out with, you know? So maybe you don't meet the friend you know, at a specific location where you end up doing impure things or doing stupid things, but maybe you go somewhere very public, and, hey, let's grab dinner, and, and after that, we're just going to part ways, you know, go our ways, you know, or, oh, but there's this great thing we're going to do after dinner. Well, that's okay, man, you have fun, but I'm going to go ahead and just head home, right? Like, just, you can still maybe find a scenario where you can be that friend. Like, years ago, my brother-in-law, somebody came up to him and was like, hey, man, I, I just struggle my relationship with God. Every time I go to the bar, I can't help but get a drink brother-in-law stop going to the bar bro like like that maybe it's an environment issue no and so just being wise about how we're setting ourselves up and who we're surrounding ourselves with but maybe for some of us we pray and we go okay god like i i just can't follow you when i'm near this person i just get dragged down so much well your most important relationship is jesus let nothing come between you and him let nothing and no one come between you and him. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You are who you hang out with. We gotta be so careful who that inner circle is. Again, if I could talk to those of you who are single, just being so careful who you connect with, being so careful who you date, man. Like I said, most, second most important decision I tell my kids is who you marry. First is Jesus, second is that. Are they someone that can push you to Jesus and are they someone that you're able to draw to Jesus. That's so important, that is everything. My wife and my relationship, 100% hinges on our relationship with Jesus. Years ago, my buddy John Contest was sitting in on a counseling session with some friends, and um, the pastor that was counseling, as the husband kind of shared his issues and the wife shared her issues, he just stopped at all and he looked at the husband and he said, how's your relationship with Jesus? He said, not very good. He looked at the wife and said, how's your relationship with Jesus? She said, not very good. He said, that's where we start. That's where we start. Because when that's right, man, everything else changes. It's just true. If you're here today and you don't have, um, you know, a, a believing spouse, be praying for that person. Be praying day and night, Jesus, draw my spouse to you. Let them know you. Let them walk with you. I told you in week one, pray for your kids. Pray for their spouses. Pray for their kids. Pray for their spouses. Every generation until Jesus returns, we got to be praying that Jesus is going to draw hearts to himself. So let me ask you some diagnostic questions here this morning as we kind of close this out. You can write some things down if you want to write these questions down. Go for it. But you don't, I don't really think you need to. I think that as I ask these questions, you're going to start to realize about maybe some relationships in your life that you can maybe just move to a different tier. That'll work for some of us. I have them in my inner circle, but they draw me away from Jesus. I'm just going to push them out a tier. I'll still meet them for lunch. We'll still go to the concert. We'll still hang out. I'm still going to love them, pray for them, and hang with them. But I'm going to be really careful about who's in my inner circle. Some of us need to move a person like out the tier for a bit. Pray for them. 
But we can't let anything or anybody come in between that relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Bunch of questions for you. Do you have reliable or unreliable friends? Maybe you've had no control over that. It's time to be praying about that. God, give me friends who just love you and love me, and then I can love them. Are you a reliable or unreliable friend? If Man, if you're realizing today as I'm saying that, man, I have not been reliable. Man, today's the day to just apologize to somebody, own something. Are you making any person more important than Jesus? I promise you that will not go well. That will not go well. You know, the God-shaped hole that's in every single one of us obviously can only be filled by God. And when we put another person or another thing or a career or money or anything else in that spot, it just leads to bad places. And so get Jesus first. Be seeking his face first, praying to him, reading the word of God, in community with people who love him, coming to church where you're going to keep growing. Next question, are you trying to find your ultimate fulfillment in a person or in a relationship with Jesus? Next question, is anyone corrupting you? Are you corrupting anybody? If you're in a a dating relationship, are they drawing you closer to Jesus? And do they let you draw them closer to Jesus? Maybe you're like, Doug, I don't know how to do that. How do I help my dating, you know, my fiance or the person I'm dating or my, my spouse come closer to Jesus? How do I let them draw me closer to Jesus? Can we please have a conversation after church today? Can we meet? Can we talk? I would love to share with you. But a couple of quick tips. Pray for them daily. Pray with them daily. Encourage them in their faith when they're struggling, when something's, uh, they have that moment where they're starting to doubt God's existence or doubt God's for them or doubt God loves them. You remind them. You encourage them. Don't get angry at them. Listen, this is so important. Don't get angry at them for their doubt. Don't get angry at them for their struggle. Sometimes that's where we go. How could you doubt God? How could you? No, no, no. All right. Listen, we all get there sometimes. Just gently quietly, patiently reminding them, God's God's still got you. I know it's hard. I know this is painful. God's still got you. His love for you is so great. He's not going to let us down. Just be that reminder. Be that reminder. I'd love to talk more with you about that, but there are just a few tips. Are you choosing friends carefully? Have you surrounded yourself with gossips? I promise that's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. Be so careful what you hear and what you say. What do they say about you when you're not in the room? Oh, do we even want to ask that question today? But if we have to ask that question and we feel sick about it, then maybe we need some new circle of influence. What do you say about them when they're not in the room? Let's build each other up. And when we don't, let's, let's make sure we get it right. I said something this past week at Kids Week. I was trying to encourage somebody, and the words came out wrong. And I realized that that really could have sounded like an insult the way I said it. And so I almost immediately texted these two people that I was trying to encourage, and I said, guys, I'm so sorry. I got those words all backwards. Forgive me for that, you know, just being so careful about that. Are you a brother or a sister who stands with people in times of adversity? Do you deem their problem to be your own? And listen, we can't all do this for everybody, but we can all do this for somebody, right? And so who is that person in your life? Who is sharpening you, and who are you sharpening? Again, we got to have that relationship in our life. Who's carrying your burdens and whose burdens are you carrying? This is important stuff. Show me your your friends. I'll show you your future. You are who you hang out with to a degree. I disagree with that statement slightly because, again, as Christians, we have to be a bunch of people who can love anybody and everybody and still stay the course. But there are going to be great influences in our lives. In that inner circle, I do believe you are who you hang out with. 
But man, how blessed you and I will be if we surround ourselves with people who genuinely love Jesus. How blessed we'll be if we are the friend that genuinely loves Jesus and others. How blessed we will be if we are making an impact on those who need Jesus and carrying one another's burdens. My friend Josh Crane texted me something he saw last week, and he said, this reminded me of your message, and it says this. In Mark 2, Jesus healed a paralyzed man because of his friend's faith. That's why your circle matters. It was this friend's faith. It wasn't the paralyzed man's faith. It was the friend's. And so our circle matters. Sometimes our friend's faith carries us. I know when I was in the hospital, many of your faith carried me. My wife's faith carried me. My kid's faith carried me. There were moments when I was low. There was moments when I was, you know, struggling and far. And I didn't think about this, how important who you surround yourself with is, man. My wife was making some pretty important decisions for me I couldn't make for myself. Do the surgery, don't do the surgery. Give them the life support, don't give them the life support. Give them the vent, don't give them the vent. So I tell young people all the time, be very careful who you marry because they will have your life in your hands <laughs> at one point, right? But man, think about that, right? In the same way, we don't realize it, but in the same way, the people that we allow to speak into our lives, the people we surround ourselves with, have great power. So surround yourself with people who love Jesus, who love you. Look, the people are gonna fail you. They're going to, because only Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than our brother perfectly, and is the brother born for a time of adversity perfectly. But there are people, brothers and sisters, meant to walk through life with you, encouraging you in your faith, and there for you to encourage. And what a beautiful thing Living Word Church could do and be together as we walk this out. There's something that I'm trying to get our team to more and more get ingrained in our hearts. It's this statement. Nobody sits alone. Nobody sits alone. Now, it's interesting to introduce that right after COVID. Everybody's like, I want to sit alone, right? But, but nobody sits alone. In other words, like, man, that we would be a church of people where if somebody comes in for the first time or the 10th time and they're alone or the 100th time and they're just by themselves, that we'd be the kind of people, come sit with me, come sit with me. Let's grab some coffee now. Like, that we'd be that kind of a loving church. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. He's the, he's the friend that was born for a time of adversity. He came to destroy death and hell and Satan and sin and everything that wanted to come and devour us. And he died on a cross. Jesus said this, that, that um, let me read it for you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus has done for you and me. He laid down his life for us. And he rose from the dead that we would be forgiven of our sins. And if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, I'd love to give you the chance to do that. But who's in your circle? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Let's surround ourselves with people who love Jesus and love us. And let's be the people that love Jesus and love others. Let's pray. God, we come to you right now in this moment, Lord, um, thankful that you've given us people. And thank you that you are that perfect brother that God sticks close and is born for a time of adversity. God, the one that came to rescue and to deliver and to free and to save, Lord, and to be everything to us. And so we just are so grateful, Jesus, for you. But we think about the people in our lives, God. We think about the next generation. We think about, God, the friendships that can be had. And we think about the circle of influence in our lives and that we can be to others. And would you help us? Can I just encourage you to just pray about some of the things that you heard today? Maybe there's somebody that God put on your heart as I was talking today, and you're like, oh, man, that person in my life is really far from Jesus. Maybe it's time to pray for them. Maybe there's somebody in your life, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know how to continue to stay in a friendship with them. 
and still follow Jesus. Would you just pray about that right now? Jesus, the most important relationship you have, you cannot compromise that for anything or anyone. Pray about that, navigating that. If you're in a dating relationship, pray about that. Are you with the person that loves Jesus and that is gonna allow you to push them closer to Jesus? Pray for your spouse now. Pray for your kids now. Kids, pray for your parents now. Pray for your friends. Are there kids at school coming in the fall here that maybe God wants to use you to point to him? Or are there kids maybe in your life that are really toxic and tearing your relationship with Jesus apart? I just want to tell you today, man, make Jesus first. College students, young adults, just wise about that circle. Pray about it. you're a follower of Jesus, just be praying. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to maybe think about putting your trust in him today. You can ask Jesus to be your savior right here, right now, and just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you that you laid down your life for me and that you call me friend. Jesus, thank you that you are the one that sticks closer than a brother, that you were born for a time of adversity, that you would rescue me out of all of the mess that was headed my way. And so would you be my savior now, and would you help me to follow you? I just thank you so much for this gift of salvation. In your name I pray, amen.